I'm Beth Ann Garman Merkel. I'm Virginia Schutte, and this is Meteor, the honest podcast about science communication with impact. A couple of years ago, we launched this podcast. We needed an advanced user space to muse and mutter and chat with all of you. And no doubt about it, we are not in the same world, really, today that we were. So this season, we're taking a look at systems level stuff in SciComm. What we love, what we work to change, and how trying to change things through SciComm influences our work and our rants. Applications are now open for SciComm STEP. STEP stands for Sparking Transitions for Experienced Professionals. It's a professional development program we made for beyond beginner science communicators. We are hearing from multiple people who don't think they're right for this program, but I promise you that if you found your way to this podcast, you absolutely should apply. Everything you need to know is on our website. If you want to know more, follow us on social media or get on our email list. Don't worry. We will only send you program updates and podcast updates. So this episode is about success, which is so fun to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that's funny. (laughs) Yay, success, fun to talk about. (laughs) Um, It's very different to talk about success when you are trying to do the whole system change thing, though, than I I think talking about success personally. We've talked about success personally in the past. But how... That's why we're laughing, because talking about success is actually really freaking hard. I was laughing because you were laughing, and we were having a good time together. But I yes. was wincing quietly oh. over here. Listen, I love talking about success, because it's so fun to think about, like, hey, I've done some things. What are the ways that they worked? And then, like, there might be some ways where it's like, oh, we could revise. But then it's, it's all like you have a plan. I love having a plan. Okay, so anyway... We feel like there are big questions that come along with the systems change work that are different from the success stuff we talked about in the past that's personal related. It's different to say like, I'm making a social media graphic, did it work? Than it is to say I built a program, did it work? Um, So I, I feel like the obvious place to start is like, how do you define success at the system change level or the program building level? What does success even look like? And then how do we sustain working on systems level efforts when that's such a long haul kind of ball game? So hang with us on this one. We're going to talk a bit about this in a concrete way by thinking out loud about how we did this strategically with the SciComm STEP program last fall and over the last year plus when we were looking for funding for it. We have for ourselves found that this concrete example of what success looks like when you say it and then you track for it and you reflect on it and actually report out on it, that concrete process really helps other people when we have talked them through it. So we're going to do that here. And not that it's going to help you like you need to do it our way, but when we give you something concrete that we did, we feel like it's going to give you more opinions to like push back or agree with us than if we just talked in nebulous, vague terms about, you know, wishy-washy things. Um, so I'm going to start by defining step. Again, step, SciComm step is Sparking transi- Transitions for Experienced Professionals. It was a program that we built with a cohort of individuals who met weekly for, uh, you know, a couple of months last fall. And the point was to get us to use our 
SCICOM skills in service to ourselves so that we could make a transition, uh, you know, like take that next professional development leap. But it was all um, built so that the people who were participating could def define for themselves their own action plans, identify their own goals. So none of it was prescripted like, oh, you want to move from this place to this place, but it was all like helping people build systems for themselves that would help them move through their career in a way they wanted to. So right. we made this program, we designed it from the ground up, we sought funding for it, we ran it last fall, and now we have reporting metrics. So Right, and, and I will say part of why we are talking about reporting metrics is because we got funding to develop the pilot version of this program. That mm -hmm. funding came from the National Association of Science Writers. They stretched a little because this program was not specifically and exclusively, at least, for writers. And we wanted to be sure that what we built was respecting their goals. And that is a fundamental part of making self-defined measures of success legible to other people. There are lots of people that you have to map back onto to get the kind of traction and funding or possibly access or visibility that you might need to make something big happen. And this started well before we got funding or even applied for funding from the National Association of Science Writers. We said, we have this idea for this program. What does success look like to us? And then we used our definitions of success to say, okay, who has these shared values that we could even look for funding schemes from? Because if we had said, you know, here's our measures of success and then just been like, well, we're gonna rewrite them to fit I don't know, some random program. It's like, nah, it may not work as well. So we started from a foundation of shared values and we just needed to word our success measures in a way that fit the language that the funding agency was already using. Right, and you know how to do this. You know how to calibrate a message for an audience or a key group of folks that you are trying to engage or learn from. This is SciComm 101. So then, for the good of our future selves, we secured some funding, and in our program development phase, for ourselves, we articulated super specific indicators of success, and then the most important part for us, and I'm gonna argue this would be important for you, is that we designed deeply into the program mechanisms that would track activities and outcomes that could inform for us whether we meant those success indicators. So I want to get specific again to make sure that we help you all out with like, you know, going in from the vague to the specifics. Part of this program for the cohort was helping them keep in touch with one another through a Slack channel. Before the program started, we had set up prompts each week to ask people about what they learned during the last meeting. So, and those were four people, like we put them in, this, in the Slack channels 24 hours after we would meet. And so it was to help people kind of have time to digest and then give them a chance to talk about things if they wanted to. But we also planned to put the prompt in and then pay attention to what people said and maybe pull out like quotes or qualitative feedback that would help us iterate the program, refine it for next time, decide whether week by week we were meeting our measures of success so we didn't have to wait until the very end of the program. That's the specific kind of levels we're talking about that we didn't need to put into the uh, proposal necessarily, but from the beginning the program was designed so that we could see whether it was working in real time. Absolutely. 
And then we had another layer. We were deeply, deeply committed to making access to this program available to people that we did not know. We were super oh, invested so hard. Yeah, in recruiting outside of our network. Yes. And so we also had some questions in the application survey that were calibrated, of course, to give us an understanding of who was applying, but we were also looking at that to help us understand whether we had accomplished that goal of pretty expansive recruitment. Did we get outside our networks? Did we hear not just from people we didn't know, but maybe even from corners of the SciComm world that we possibly didn't even know existed or mm -hmm. definitely had no contacts in? Like we, it, it wasn't just that we wanted to not know a person's name. It was like, I don't want to have any idea about anything where some of these people came from because that is helping us understand that we got way past our bubble. That was a measure of success for us. Right. Did we reach beyond the people we know because it was really important to us not to build a program that was just for our buddies? Definitely. <laughs> I mean, we love our like, buddies, of course. True, but it needs to be for more than that for us to feel satisfied. So, so we've already covered several rewrites of our, our success metrics and also this trickled into the language we used to describe the program. We wrote it for ourselves first then we translated it into how our shared values um, met program goals for our funding agency. We translated in, into how the program goals would meet needs for the people we were trying to recruit to be in the program. Um, and then we translated it into the people that actually joined the program. Like here's, here's how it's gonna work for you and here's how you can get the most out of this, we believe, uh, course that we've designed. Right. And then the next, the next layer of all this for us was, but we really did get the funding. <laughs> we are going, we, we have to make this thing. And I'm hoping that you can relate to that, that you have also gotten funding or someone has yes, said yes to you at work in some capacity. You've got to pull through on the thing, right? And, and for us, one of the bigger interests with, and now we're really going to have to do this was, the way we framed it to the funder, the way we talked about it from the very beginning to ourselves before we even started looking for funding was we wanted a chance to try something that we intended to make a long-term effort. So it wasn't just give us this money and we'll do this thing this one time. It was, uh, they gave us the money. Now we have to design it the way we said we were going to, which is for it to happen for a long time. Right. Which is just a huge commitment. It is. So there were a couple of things that we were talking about in our program design when we wrote things for ourselves first. We had like a, <laughs> how do we make us want to do this in the long term? Like, how will this be fun and rewarding for us? We had an exit strategy built in. Well, it wasn't built into this program so much as it's built into Meteor when we decided to start working together on kind of using Meteor as an umbrella for several professional de um, development initiatives, um, we have exit strategies written, written into the founding documentation for what it means for us to be in this partnership. So that if somebody decides like, I don't want to do this anymore, or I have a family member that needs me to care for them, I can't do it anymore. Like whatever the range of circumstances is, there's a way for them to get out. We have that outlined already from the beginning. 
Um, so considering how it could be fun and make us want to stay, but also what if we don't and how can we not judge and make a clean break? How can that be fine? Yep. Um, that was built in from the beginning. And we were also mapping out what it means to get funding for a pilot of yes. something we intend to do more than once, recognizing that once you've built a pilot, you're probably going to want to mess with it and tinker it and make it even more fabulous. But also the huge lift of conceptualizing the whole thing and initiating assessment mechanisms throughout it, even the draft of the annual report of the thing, all of that work has been done. So what does what does sustaining funding need to look like? Yes. And we worked through that again before we even secured funding. I'm gonna bring it back to specifics. We had a budget that we submitted to the funding agency and we had a separate budget sheet for us where we had estimated the cost to run this program again. So if we had already built the materials for the pilot run, what would it take to revise those materials and then offer them again for future offerings? We already had the level of detail in where we knew the approximate budget it would take for us to do that. And I'll say that it was really important to me that we called this to each other and in our documentation, we called this a pilot run of the program and not round one. Because like what you said, we always planned to iterate this based on feedback, especially from the first round, because it's meant to serve community. You know, like, yes, this is fun for us to do together. I like working with you. It's fun to get paid. But the reason, you know, we could work together in a lot of ways and get paid to like make donuts. But the reason we want to oh, do... Oh, we should do that next. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> what am I saying? I want to do that. But, but the reason we picked this program is because we see a need and we want to meet it. And, and so I think calling it a pilot run was really important to us always. And that's the only way we were ever going to do this first round. Right. And then Virginia talks all the time about the, like the startup mindset and this idea that a startup isn't just something that's starting, <laughs> that's new at something that hasn't made a whole bunch of money yet or something like that, but that it is a way of being flexible about not the values of the company and maybe not the mission of the company, but the activity of a company. The, or the product. Right, or the things yep. that you make and sell or the services that you deliver or whatever the case might be. And so another thing that we were trying to build very carefully into all of this was how to be really flexible with this program as we delivered it so that we were responsive to the people participating in it and also gauging how well that program did part of or all the work that we want to be doing together and that's part of why we have been telling you all season we have more stuff coming yes it turns out that step is a part of what our community needs and we want to build a much bigger thing to meet those much bigger needs right i'll say that you know one mindset thing we worked really hard on was not clutching this the startup thing for me manifests in a lot of mindset work where you don't say I've identified the need and the solution and this is it. But I feel like even on the day, we would say goodbye to people and then we would wait for them all to get off the call so we could talk right then about like, were, was the cohort responsive to our meeting that day? Or did this one feel like a little more energetic, a little less, like who was missing? How did that affect group dynamics? So right, coaching could, ourselves. Could we have done that exact session right. better? And right. if so, how? And, and making sure we were tracking that in real time because this is not a hot take. You will never remember that stuff later. Yes. <laughs> like, take a lot of notes, yeah. debrief 
As it's happening. Yes, at the time. But I, th I think telling ourselves that success meant not predicting everything perfectly. Or assuming, assuming that we were on exactly, mission, right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> assuming that we know exactly. So I think success to me was being open to being like, you know what? They seem to not like that very much. They didn't talk very much. It was ending a little sooner than I expected. So I think instead of saying like, oh, we messed up, being like, well, we tried that one and I think next time we should try something else. So again, more of this mindset work. So the success part of it, we set ourselves up from the very beginning. We did it. You know, we covered how the oh, oh part, there are a couple things in there. I, I think I just want to mention that for us, part of the oh part was we were our own strictest critics and our measures of success were like, so high. So I want to come back to that part about how do you measure, you know, success when it comes to systems change, because really what I want to do is change people's lives and change the field of psychom through, through changing people's lives. Right. Um, and so that's a lot of pressure. That's where the ocean comes from is we would have conversations about like, oh man, we have to do this so good. <laughs> because if we don't do it this good, one, it won't be what people need and two, it won't be what we, we want to do. Yeah. And so let's, let's make this concrete for you. We said we were going to do that and I think we've done that in a couple of moments in this conversation, but let's just be super specific. I'm going to read you one of the things that we said, this is how we will know if this program was successful. We said participants will A, articulate action plans, that B, demonstrate awareness of how advanced SICOM skills can be leveraged for personal career planning, transitions, and advancement. And I know anyone who spent any time in assessment and evaluation, that was double-barreled. If you do surveys, that was double-barreled. We, we know. But the, the point there was to say super specifically, this is what they will do and this is what it will contain Yeah, that we can read and not have to do a whole lot of gray area interpretation. If this stuff is in there, we accomplished one of the dimensions of the program that was necessary for us to consider it successful. That's the level of specificity we're encouraging. We, you know, we say we want to change people's lives in the field, but how do you measure that? By doing these, you may have heard of SMART goals before, but basically, if you say, if you say, did you change someone's life? It's like, well, that's a very big yes or no question. If you say, did participates articulate action plans that demonstrate awareness of blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, today they did that. I know the program design is working for them to get to the products we wanted. And then we had other indicators of success about the products and qualitative stuff about what they contained. Right. And, and our last kind of major indicator was that at least 75% of participants would recommend step to someone they know. That felt enormously important because by the time you get to this stage in the science communication career, I'm guessing most of you listening can relate to this, we're all pretty well socialized to play along with training workshops. We design them and we deliver them and we know how much it matters for facilitators to have people who are actively participating as the thing goes on. So we'll be polite, we'll be nice, we'll be engaged, we'll be friendly, we'll laugh in all the right places, you know, we do all those things. What we wanted to know from people anonymously, as the door was catching up with their ankles, <laughs> was 
was that the last time they thought anybody should ever hear anything from this program or not? And we had like, if it's even possible, over 100% positive response on that yeah. question with a whole bunch of open-ended comments about exactly the kind of people that they thought the <clears throat> program could serve and who they wanted to tell about it and on and on. So we are skipping some of our measures of success, some of our indicators of success that are specific. We don't have time to tell you about all of them, but that one in particular is an example of a quantitative measure. So we don't have to be subjective. We can be objective about this percentage, but it's a more comprehensive measure of how people were self-reflecting that the program had affected them. So we wanted this mix of very specific things that we didn't have to be like, Bethan, are you putting on rose-colored glasses? We could, we could just point to like, it's a clear yes or no whether we met our indicator of success. Some of them are very specific, some of them are comprehensive and still specific, um, but we had a long list, like we said from the beginning. Right, and, and what we're telling you about here, as Virginia mentioned earlier, are our kind of unicorn level yes. goals. We set super high standards for ourselves here, and we feel good about how that turned out. And you can read more about how we measured success in STEP on our website. We've posted our full report there. You can see exactly how we articulated things for ourselves, and then how we went through the work and activity of the program and the post-program participant feedback survey to inform whether we had met those metrics or not. I will say also that just like everything else, I intended for this round of indicators of success to be specific to the pilot program, and I expect that we'll change them for our future offerings of this program based on what we know now. So that'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm going to shake things up with our formatting a little bit and do the wrap-up for us because this is a thing I talk about all the time. The pressure of success is, in part, making success legible to the people who we want to fund our work and or the jobs or money or power groups that we are working to engage or get support from. And our definitions of success do not necessarily map to those entity levels of success. So this work to define our own metrics of success, articulate how to track them, and then thinking through how to reflect those back in a way that explains them to someone who has a different set of goals is some of the super hard work of being successful with systems level SciComm change. Okay, so over to you listeners, we wanna know, are you building a program? Are you pushing on a system? What have you defined as your measures of success? How are you keeping it specific when what you want is huge impact? You've been listening to Meteor, the honest podcast about science communication with impact. To join this conversation, tell us what you think about measuring success. You can do that on social media, or you can submit a note on our website, meteorscicom.org. Talk soon. Thank you.